Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. Now turn with me, please, to Hebrews. Don't stand up yet. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. While you're finding our scripture passage, let me say this. Today's cultural trend is moving away from attending church service face-to-face. Fewer people are attending church every year. You may have even asked yourself the question, why bother going to church? There are many reasons why I think this is happening, but I think it's increasingly evident that some people think It makes no sense to attend church. I mean, after all, you can literally watch church service on any device from anywhere at any time for free. Mm, So why even go? You drive all the way to church to sing four or five songs. You hear a message and then you go home. You could have done all that by yourself in the comfort of your own home. Generations ago, the church was a social, cultural hub as well as a spiritual hub. In addition to faith reasons, people loved going to church because it was one of the handful of options available in a community as well as the main way to connect with God. We now live in a culture that's drowning in options and has 24-7 access to anything Christian. So, is it even worthwhile going to church? Mm. Well, I can give you at least two reasons why it's important. Now, please stand. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Brothers and sisters, make sure that none of you has a sinful heart. Do not let an unbelieving heart turn you away from the living God. But build one another up every day. Do it as long as there is still time. Then none of you all will become stubborn. You won't be fooled by sin's tricks. We belong to Christ If we hold tightly to the faith we had at first, but we must hold tightly until the end, Hebrews 10 and 25, and let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words of hope. Let us do this even more as we see Christ approaching. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I need you and you need me. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I need you and you need me. Maybe, maybe uh, you may be seated, maybe take and cue that up before church. I don't know how she does it. If that's too late of a request, I didn't even think to ask for that song. Today we want to talk about why it is so important to go to church. Mm. And we're going to call going to church, church fellowship. 
Christian fellowship, Christian fellowship. So let me begin by giving you the definition of what Christian fellowship is. Christian fellowship in the New Testament signifies having a share in something or sharing with someone in something, or you could say participation in something or with someone. For example, 1 Corinthians 10 and 16 says, the cup of blessing that we bless is not a fellowship participation in the blood of Christ. The bread that we break, is it not a fellowship or participation in the body of Christ? In other words, the scripture is saying when we drink the cup and eat the bread, we share together in the benefits of the crucified body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. In other words, we share in what death achieved. 2 Corinthians 8 and 4 says they begged us earnestly for grace and the sharing participation in the ministry to the saints. In other words, they wanted to have a share in sending financial relief to the poor in Jerusalem. Philippians 3 and 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, Paul wanted to have a share in the sufferings of Christ. He wanted to participate with him in suffering for the gospel. So fellowship can be a sharing in the benefits of the death of Jesus Christ or sharing in the financial relief of the saints or in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about Christian fellowship or sharing or participating that is unique to our relationship with each other, what we are saying is we all have a shared union and that shared union is shared when we participate together in worshiping Christ. So Paul said, as, as we continue, <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 1 and 9, you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which means both sharing with each other in the union that we have with Jesus Christ. We have the common union with each other because we attend church together. But the main focus is we must attend service together. What is the main thing that we want to focus on today? Yes, there are many benefits from attending church together. But what I want to zero in on today is perseverance. Because perseverance, because of the mutual bond that we all have together with Christ. And we know that perseverance is necessary for final salvation. I know I'm right. Mark 13 and 13 says, the one who endures to the end shall be saved. 
Philippians 1 and 6 says, he who began a good work in you will complete it at the day of Jesus Christ. Perseverance is accomplished through various means, but one of the ways that we can persevere to the end is when we attend church together. I need you and you need me. The most important passage in the Bible to make this point that Christian fellowship and what it means as persevering in faith is our text in Hebrews chapter three, verse 12. Brothers and sisters, make sure that none of you has a sinful heart. Do not let an unbelieving heart turn you away from the living God. Listen to me. Build one another up every day. Do it as long as there is still time. Then none of you will become stubborn. Then none of you will be fooled by Satan's tricks. (coughs) Take care and exhort one another because we have come to share in Christ. Take care, exhort one another every day. Why? Because it is God's way for us to encourage one another, for us to remind one another, yet keep holding on. Beloved, we are God's appointed means to keep this from happening to each other. This is one of the greatest callings on our Christian lives for all of us is, is, is the call to Christian fellowship. It exists so we can say things to one another that will build up each other's faith. So what should we be saying to one another? Mm. We should be saying, hang on, it's going to be all right. We should be saying all things are going to work together for the good. We should be saying whatever you're going through right now, God has already worked it out. We should be saying God is better. God, you can put your faith in him and you can trust him because God is enough. Don't leave God. Be strong. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. God has already worked out your future. God's sovereignty controls everything. His his guidance will lead you in the right direction. He's better than anything on this earth. There is no relationship better than the relationship we have with God. We should be saying to one another, come to church. We must encourage one another because some are committing eternal suicide. We need each other so that we can persevere. But don't stop there. Keep on preaching. Our text said that we have to also admonish one another not to be deceived. Don't get tricked by the enemy's tricks. We are here to strengthen one another, pray for one another. Our affections are together in Jesus Christ as we build one another up toward heaven. Every sermon, every conversation is a means that moves us further along to eternity. There are no meaningless moments. Life is meaningful at every moment. Why? Which is why we regard this ministry here at Christ Community so crucial. 
There is something about the word of God that it needs to be proclaimed. It needs to be discussed and it needs to be taught. But preaching is not enough in the life of a Christian. The Bible calls us to a kind of mutual ministry that involves all of us encouraging one another. I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here, but God is calling you to break the habit of non-participation in the church service and to strengthen a habit of participation in church fellowship where we can encourage one another. So now we must ask what kind of encouragement stimulates others to persevere? And the answer is when we spread the message of how faithful God is, when we tell others, don't give up Hope because God is faithful and he always keeps his promises. Uh, You can say that to one another, that God can be trusted. You can say to one another, I'm almost out of strength, uh, but we can trust God together. Um, I'm down to my last dime, uh, but we can trust God together. Beloved Christians are united in Christ. With a mutual bond. We are therefore, because of that bond, in a an eternal relationship of love. That's why the Bible tells us to love one another. Love continues to the other side. We just brought up Brother Barker's name, and I'm bringing up Mother uh, Mother Barker's name. Their love that they had with their loved ones on earth goes into heaven with them. You won't have any problem finding daddy because the love is going to connect you. Love is an eternal relationship with other believers. When we come together, we lovingly share each other's values, each other's hurts, each other's joys, each other's convictions, and each other's virtues. We are persevering together because we support one another. Loving each other means we have a heart that we want to lighten our brother and sister's load and let them know that we love them. Love means that we become a load lifter. Love means we become a burden bearer. Love means we become a helper and a strengthener. Yeah, 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 yeah. But somebody is saying, you know what? I got my own problems. I know you got needs. Yes, it's true. You need things yourself. But if you go into a relationship mainly to use the other person to meet your needs, the relationship will more than likely collapse. You will be most blessed if you live to be a blessing to someone else. Relationships thrive when we try to do each other in when we try to outdo each other in supporting one another. This is faith building, which means Christian relationships are for the glory of God. 
Now we must ask, what is the link between us being loved by Christ and then loving others? What is the practically, practically that, that converts the love of Christ for us into the love of Christ for others? Well, I'm glad you asked. Mm. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 16. You were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. Listen to me. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So walking by the spirit is the way that we will not bite and devour each other, but serve one another in love. See, beloved, the spirit is the key. Now look at verse 22. Mm. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The first fruit listed here is love. So it is plain that one crucial link between our being loved by Christ and our having the ability to love others is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Having love for others is a fruit that the Spirit produces. Somehow God makes it happen. Mm. We cannot come together in Christian love without Him. The Christian life of love is a supernatural life. It is not produced by merely human forces. Mm. It takes the resources that we don't have. Yeah, left to ourselves, we are unable to love one another, which makes me feel so much better because by nature, I may not be a very loving person. Mm. But thank God that the Holy Spirit produces love in us in spite of our personality. Mm. If the if love depends on our personality, the world will be in a lot of trouble. So thank God that the Holy Spirit links us together. The second thing that connects us is faith. We trust his forgiveness. We bank on his promises and we cherish his fellowship. And the Bible says that faith produces Love. I know I'm right. Galatians 5 and 6 says circumcision and uncircumcision aren't worth anything to those who believe in Jesus Christ. The only thing that really counts is faith that shows itself through love. So how does faith produce love for others. Mm. Paul gives us the answer in Galatians 3, 1 through 5. Yeah. 
Paul is distressed over the report that the Galatian churches are turning away from not just from justification by faith, but sanctification by faith. In other words, they are falling for the false teaching that you start the Christian life by faith and with the power of the Holy Spirit, but you complete the Christian life by some other kinds of striving and work. And the Bible says, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your eyes wasn't Jesus publicly crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? Indeed, it was in vain. Does he then who provides you with the spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith? Do you hear what Paul is saying? The Christian life is supposed to be lived every day in the same way that it began. In the Christian life, you don't graduate from the spirit to the flesh or from faith to works. The Christian life begins with faith and the Holy Spirit. And it is lived by faith and by the spirit. Faith is the first grade of the Christian life. And faith is the graduate school of the Christian life. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher and the power at every level. Level. We never graduate to something else. It is always faith and it is always the spirit. So here we have the spirit and faith. Brought together. Mm. Remember, we are answering the question, how love is a fruit of faith. Mm. What practically does this mean for us when we want to become more loving to one another? Mm. And our answer is the Holy Spirit comes through a channel into our being. And that channel is faith. And the spirit, once it indwells us, uh, produces fruit, um, specifically love. And love is is released through that same channel of faith. Uh, So if you ask yourself, what can I do to become a more loving person? The answer is experience more of the fruit. No, all of the fruit of the spirit. Uh, We love to talk about getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, but are you walking in the spirit that you received? And how do we walk in the spirit? By allowing him to lead us. By considering the nine fruit of the spirit. When we walk in the spirit, the Holy Spirit is leading us and not our flesh. Now, when we walk in the spirit, as we speak to perseverance and coming together in fellowship, the dominant fruit is patience. You thought I was going to say love that that goes without saying 
patience. Uh, when we walk in step with the spirit, we must be patient. Mm. See, weak Christians test our patience because they need more. They got more needs than the other church members. And many of us, most of us have an impulse to get in that moment and help that weak church member. But all of us now know from first experience that that moment is never just a one-time moment. When you come along, a person that is weak, they are going to need help for the long haul, and this requires patience. The Bible does not charge the church to admonish the weak. The Bible admonishes the church to help the weak. Mm. And the word for help here can also mean to get a firm hold of, uh, to be devoted to. Uh, in other words, there's a tenaciousness in this kind of help. There's a clinging to the weak, uh, to the weak, uh, sometimes for months, mm. sometimes for years of being inconvenienced and making sacrifices. So where does this kind of patience come from? It comes from walking in the spirit. But only for those that recognize how painfully helpless we are without God in our life. In other words, if it were not for the grace of God, that would be me. If it were not for the grace of God, I would be the one that would need the help. Those are the kinds of people that are willing to help someone else. And then another group like myself, those that remember it wasn't too long ago, I needed some help. It wasn't too long ago I was about to lose my mind. It wasn't too long ago where I had to stretch out my hand and have someone help me get through a very discouraging time. Discouragement. Discouragement would dry up all your spiritual strength and resolve. And everybody at one time or another will get discouraged. And we need a steady stream of courage going from one church member to the other church member because we cannot function without one another. And patience is needed to persevere in encouraging one another. But while we're on the subject, have you ever really had the courage to take an honest look at yourself and wondering how you're coming across to others? We make excuses about our behavior and say, well, I was just in a bad mood. Well, she pushed all my buttons. Uh, she rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. You know, I'm just moody. Grandma was moody. All my people are moody. This is the way my family at. <laughs> we live in a fallen world. We exist in a fallen body. And we have to, we have to get in control of our bad moods. We have to take responsibility and develop skilled habits because we are challenging the patience of other church members. We have got to get ourselves together. I need you and you need me. So let's get along with one another and be nice. 
You can't encourage me if you're constantly frustrated and angry. I saw you rolling your eyes. I thought you was rolling your eyes at me. So I rolled my eyes right back at you. And now we both sitting up in church mad. You wasn't even thinking about me. You had something on your mind. But now we both are sitting up in church mad at one another. Beloved, here's the bottom line. We cannot encourage one another if we are not walking in the spirit. Now, finally, I must ask, you heard the word finally. Finally, I must ask, why does God do it this way? Why would God attach the work of the spirit and the supply of the spirit to my faith in Jesus Christ? Well, I think the answer is, according to St. John 16, that the spirit was given to glorify Christ. I will send him to glorify me. And how does the spirit glorify Christ? that we walk through this fellowship experience remembering the words of Jesus Christ and sharing those words with one another that Christ said I will be with you always even until the end of the earth that I will never leave you or forsake you that I will help you and I will strengthen you and the Holy Spirit gives us a peace that passeth all understanding and when we guard our hearts and minds with the peace of God when we come together uh, we can have a Christian fellowship uh, that can encourage one another a phrase we came up with in Bible class this past Wednesday was course correction. We're not talking about going to school and changing the course. No, we're talking about path. Uh, the path you're on. I need to take a course re- correction. And some of us need to take a course correction. Um, we need to pray to God and say, God, I can do much better than right. this. Uh, I need to be aware of how I'm coming across to my brothers and sisters. Uh, they need a word of encouragement from me. They don't need me to tear them down and eye them from head to toe. But what can I say to my dear brother, my dear sister, that would build them up, that would encourage them, that would hold them when they are weak? We can do much better than we have done. We need a course correction because you need me. And I need you. So why bother going to church? Which was our question at the outset. You need me. And I need you. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you are ready to repent of your sins. Because you believe in the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I've done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. 
If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please contact me at 231-349-1046 so we can discuss with you the first steps of salvation. God bless you.